0: chapter 9 of a man of honor by george carry eggleston this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 9 mr pagebrook meets an acquaintance mr robert left the house on his way to the oaks in an excellent humor with himself and with everybody else his cousin billy and his uncle colonel barksdale were both absent In attendance upon a court in another county, and so Mr. Robert had recently been left almost alone with Miss Sudie, and now that they had become the very best of friends, our young man enjoyed his state of affairs right heartily. In truth, Miss Sudie was a young lady very much to Mr. Robert's taste, in saying which I pay that young gentleman as handsome a compliment as any well-regulated man could wish mr robert walked briskly out of the front gate and down the road enjoying the bright sun and the rich coloring of the october woodlands and making merry in his heart by running over in his memory the chats he had been having of late with the little woman who carried the keys at shirley if he had been forced to tell precisely what had been said in those conversations it must be confessed that a stranger would have found very little of interest in the repetition but somehow the recollection brought a frequent smile to our young friend's face and put an additional springness into his step his intercourse with this cousin by brevet may not have been especially brilliant or of a nature calculated to be particularly interesting to other people But to him it had been extremely agreeable, without doubt. "'Mornin', Mass. Robert,' said Phil, as Robert passed the place at which the old negro was working. "'How is ye dis mornin'? "'Good morning, Phil. I am very well, I thank you. How are you, Phil?' "'Poorly, thank God. (laughs) Ha-ha-ha! That's the way Brother Joe and all the folks always says it. They never will own up to being rare well. But I tell ye now, Mas Robert, Phil's a well nigger always. I keeps up my end TO row all the time. I can knock de spots out of the work all day, dance jigs till two o'clock, and go possum huntin' till mornin' comes. Is ye ever been possum huntin', Mas Robert? No, I believe I never hunted possums, but I should greatly like to try it, Phil. Would you? Give me your hand, Master Robert. You just set the time now, and if Phil don't show you de sights o' possum huntin', you can call me a poor white folks nigger. That's a fact. Robert promised to make the necessary appointment in due time, and was just starting off again on his tramp when Phil asked, "'Where are you bound this morning, Mas' Robert?' "'I'm going over to dine at the Oaks, Phil.' "'You're just out the house in time. There comes Mas' Charles Harrison.' "'I do not understand you, Phil. Why do you say I am out of the house just in time?' "'Mas' Robert, is you got two good eyes?' Mass Charles is a doctor, you know, but dey ain't nobody sick at Shirley. Maybe he's afraid Miss Sudie's gonna get sick. Hi, get up, Roly. This ain't plowing, massa's feel. Go long, I tell you. As Phil turned away, Doctor Harrison rode up. Good morning, Mister Pagebrook. On your way to the oaks i was but if you are going to shirley i will walk back with you oh no no i am only going to stop there a moment i am on my way to see some patients at Exenholm, and as i had to go past shirley i brought the mail that's all i'll not be there ten minutes and i know they're expecting you at the oaks i brought ewing along with me from the courthouse foggy had been too much for him again why the boy promised me he would not gamble again oh it's hardly gambling only a little game of loo every gentleman plays a little i take a hand myself now and then but foggy is a pretty old bird you know and he's too much for your cousin ewing oughtn't to play with him of course "'and that's why I brought him away with me. "'By the way, we're going to get a fox up in a day or two "'and show you some sport. "'The tobacco's all cut now, and the dogs are in capital order, "'as thin as a lath. "'You must be with us, of course. "'We'll get up one in Pine Quarter, "'and he's sure to run towards the river, "'so you can come in as the hounds pass surely.' "'I should like to see a fox hunt, certainly, but I have no proper horse,' said Robert. "'Why, where's Greybeard? Billy told me he had turned him over to you to use and abuse.' "'So he did, and he is riding his bay at present. But Greybeard is quite lame just now.' "'Ride the bay, then. Billy will be back from court tonight, won't he?' Yes, but he will want to join in the chase, I suppose. I reckon he will, but he can ride something else. He don't often care to take the tail, and he can see as much as he likes on one of his Conestogas. I'll tell you what you can do. Winger's got a splendid colt, pretty well broken, and you can get him for a dollar or two if you ain't afraid to ride him you must manage it somehow so as to be in at the death i want you to see some riding mr robert promised to see what he could do he greatly wanted a ride after the hounds for once at least though it must be confessed he would have been better pleased had the hounds to be ridden after belonged to somebody else besides the gentleman familiarly known as foggy a personage for whom Mr. Robert had certainly not conceived a very great liking. That the reader may know whether his prejudice was a well-founded one or not, it will be necessary for me to go back a little and gather up some of the loose threads of my story while our young man is on his way to the Oaks. I have been so deeply interested in the ripening acquaintanceship between Mr. Robb and Miss Sudie that I have neglected to introduce some other personages. Less agreeable, perhaps, but not less important to the proper understanding of this history. Leaving young Pagebrook on the road, therefore, let me tell the reader, in a new chapter, something about the people he had met outside the hospitable Shirley Mansion. End of chapter 9